Hey, Sarah Stops Pretty Places was a teenager in Hardin, Montana. She was a member of the Crow Nation. She went missing in August of 2019. In September, her family was finally alerted that her body had been found and identified. There have been many missteps by law enforcement in this case. The Bighorn County Sheriff's Office, along with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the FBI, have largely refused to investigate the murder of Kaysera. Her family has worked tirelessly for justice, including protests, marches, legal means, billboards, and rewards for information. Two years later, Kaysera's family is no closer to the truth than they were the day she died. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my sister, co-anchor and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. How's it going? It's going pretty well, you know, settling back in after camping and yeah. I actually have had a really cool experience today. Um, yeah. a, a dear friend of ours asked me to take on her goddess collection. So goddess uh, statues and figurines and jewelry and things and help farm them out to women in our community who we took a a goddess course together many years ago. And then we've done other like um, uh, moon ceremonies and various things together Mm -hmm. over the years. And, and so I went and picked all of this up today and have sorted it out on the counter in my house and, I've been having various people come and pick up things and I'm going to meet up with friends to take just beautiful goddesses of all um, lots of different cultures. And yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Oh, yeah. To, to get to such that. an so honor. Spent a lot of my time on that today. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really is an honor to uh, pass these things on. Yes. Yes. She is a a dear friend that we hold in such high esteem. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, very good. Well, it's all is well here too. Yeah, doing the mountain of laundry to recover from uh, camping and just working (laughs) and, you know, just doing the stuff. My dogs are laying around here kind of bummed today and I'm thinking they just want to go camping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they... They had fun, and they don't have to do the laundry when they come back. Yeah, except the little guy who had to go to the vet for a checkup today, uh, routine oh, yes. blood work because of all the medicine he takes. And, uh, you know, he's slept literally ever since. We got home at, like, 2 o'clock. <laughs> he's not gotten out of bed. He's not a fan. No, no. Poor guy. Poor However, guy. He's been to the vet too many times. He has, but I had to laugh today because this is my little old chihuahua that's blind and he's mostly deaf and he has to take medicine for seizures. And, you know, he's, he's definitely in his twilight, you know, Mm -hmm. and we, every year or so we have to get new labs so that they'll keep prescribing his meds. So we did that today and they (laughs) told me he is the picture of health. (laughs) 
<laughs> you Except know. for, you know, blind and deaf and has seizures. <laughs> yeah, Not, notwithstanding everything else, but his labs look great. So, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, been an interesting experience doing what seems like doggy hospice care, except for that, you know, he really is in good shape, except for the obvious, you know, but yeah. anyway, so that's good to note. All is well with little Skippy Jones. We're not uh, over medicating him and his kidney and livers. Wow. Kidneys and liver are still happy. So, you know, it's all good. I don't know. Maybe Chihuahuas have two livers. Who knows? Well, you know. Well, today is our MMIW case. It is Tuesday. Yes. And we're actually going to double back to one of the very first MMIW cases we did. Yeah. Um, clear back. This is, I think, in 2020 that we handled this case the first time. And we came back to it because her family is so actively seeking answers and has a huge call to action going on right now. And we decided that this would be a good time to revisit this case. So this yeah. is the case of Kaysera Stops Pretty Places. Yeah. She was an 18-year-old in Hardin, Montana. She was with a group of people um, at a house there. She There was a male there that was uh, 23 and then two younger women there around her age. And they had been drinking to some degree. And there was a, a, an argument, a fight that happened sometime around two or three in the morning and out on the street where uh, one of the women was trying to leave and her boyfriend, the man that was there, was trying to make her stay. They were yelling at each other. The other two women that were there were also yelling, you know, including Kay Sarah, trying to uh, intervene on her behalf and help her get out of there. And the neighbors uh, were tired of it and started uh, using their remote to bump their car alarm to make some noise and flashlights and, uh, you know, kind of try to break this up, you know. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, a police car rolled through and that spooked these guys and they all ran. Well, a little while later, uh, the other two women came back to the house, but no case Sarah. And they looked around a little bit for her, but they couldn't find her. And the altercation that was happening with the boyfriend continued for a, a bit, and then he left. And by the next day, she had still not surfaced, and nobody had heard from her. She wasn't answering her phone. It did not make sense. Mm -hmm. So one of the girls she was with is uh, a, a relative, and so she had actually called the police, and they instructed her that you would have to wait 24 hours to make a missing persons uh, report, which is not true. But this is something we've heard lots of times from people, police that don't want to take cases seriously. They, they just think they're, they're a runaway, they're a whatever, they don't want to waste their time. So they told her she couldn't file a missing persons report. So she didn't for like three more days. And finally files a missing persons report. And I'm going to actually go to the timeline that her family published because it really helps mm -hmm. with, uh, with what, uh, you know, the way this all played out. Because it's actually pretty freaking astonishing. But it is it honestly is. something that uh, really needs to be uh, reported on because of the 
way this has been handled by law enforcement, this is just a cookie cutter of so many other cases. It is, unfortunately. Yep. And so, finally, so this was on uh, August 24th when she first disappeared. On August 29th, a female body is found next door to the house where Kaysera disappeared. Next door. In their yard, up against the fence, kind of in the backyard in the corner. The fence is a chain link fence, and it's on a very active road. And yet there's a body that's kind of covered in a plastic tarp laying there, and nobody sees it for five days, four days. It makes no real sense. Uh, But there is a body found. So her friend, you know, hears this and goes to the court or to, you know, the police and tries to identify the body. And they tell her no, that they've already bagged the body. They don't know if it's Kaysera. And they give her no information. They also give no information to the media. Now, there's some a lack of a communication here between Kaysera's family and her friends. Mm-hmm. So they, they're not all on the same page. And that's part of the problem. Um, for the family, of course, but the mm-hmm. media isn't told that a body is found. And so there's really nobody really knows. And except for the neighbor who was the jogger who saw the body and called the police. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of, there's rumors leaking out, but that's about it. Yeah. So finally on August 31st, her grandmother, Yolanda, who happens to ha- be her legal guardian, her actual legal guardian, Uh, She's contacted by her brother, whose granddaughter lives on the Crow Reservation that's just like a few miles from from Hardin, like a half a mile from Hardin. Yeah. And the granddaughter says that she read on Twitter that there was a body found in Hardin on the 29th and that it is maybe our girl, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. Sarah. So Well, I mean, it's found next door to where she went missing. I mean, for hell's right. sake. So Yolanda contacts Kaysera's mother and aunt uh, and asks them to go check on the tip. So on September 1st, so now it's just been, it was August 24th that she first disappeared. On September 1st, her mother, Geraldine, and the, the, the friend, Parcelia, go to Bolus Mortuary. Now, this gets really weird with the mortuary, which is just so creepy to me, considering the case we're covering right now in Pocatello with the mortuary, but this is so suspect. So they go to that mortuary to see if the body is Kaysera and they are told no, that it's not her. So her family is continuing to search high and low for her and just begging for information from all of her friends. And it's just very Mm -hmm. weird. Meanwhile, the police are telling them nothing, nothing at all, nothing, and telling her that that body, them that that body is not her. So then on September 11th, 10 days wow. later, yeah, the police let Priscilla know that the body actually is Kaysera. And so she lets Yolanda know again. Guardian, Where is not the like, official notification of the yeah. family, but family never. confirming identity? Like, 
Nothing. There are procedures for all this shit that they have done none of. Okay, her family is never officially uh, notified that she's been found by the coroner's office, by the Bighorn County uh, Sheriff's Office, nobody. So then on the 12th, Gerilyn, mom, goes into the mortuary and Terry Bullis, he's the owner of Bullis Mortuary. He's also the county coroner. Now think about the conflict mm-hmm. of interest here, that the county coroner also owns a funeral home. Yeah, huge That's conflict a of interest. Yes. So, so typical he, of Montana and right. Idaho to mm-hmm. do stuff like that. Totally. So he tells her that the only way that they can release her remains to them, to the family, is to cremate her. Gives her no choice. Tells her that that's the only way. So she authorizes a cremation without speaking to grandma or dad. And they do that. Well, and what about the police? What about an autopsy? What about like forensics? We'll get there. there. So they cremate her. And dad and grandma, when they find out about this, they are horrified because that completely defies their cultural uh, beliefs. And they would wanted they wanted her remains so that they could do a proper burial for her along with their crow beliefs. But they were completely robbed of that. And again, grandma was her legal guardian and was mm-hmm. completely uh, denied, you know, her, mm-hmm. her rights in that sense. Anyway, so ridiculous but so that happens and the family also had said that they wanted to uh transfer her body to billings to a different funeral home to you know that would work along with their beliefs but uh both said no and said that it had to be where at his funeral home wait a minute he doesn't have that right right yep How is any of this happening to someone who has been murdered? Yeah. Where the hell are the hardened police? Yeah. Well, and at the point that that happened, actually, her body was actually still at the crime lab in Billings. And he had to go get it. And cremate. So. So they did have her body at the crime lab. Yeah, the body was at the crime lab. Well, you there's more, a lot more to that story, actually. Apparently, at some point, Bolas came and took her body from the crime lab before they were done processing it, before they were done with an autopsy, and transferred it to the funeral home. And the crime lab had to go back to the funeral home with a police detail and re- transfer her body back to the crime lab with a police detail. And according to the crime lab, that happened more than once that he tried to withdraw that body before they were done with it. And at one point he actually took it all the way back to the funeral home. First of all, why is he not in jail? Uh, Yeah. Second of all, what is his connection to the people there that night having that altercation? Who's who, what family member of his was there? Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm not stupid, and it's a small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. He's trying to cover something up. Yeah. He has some connection here. It is so ridiculous. What in the hell? Yep. So they, then they discover after grandma reaches out to the deputy attorney general, uh, asking for information on the missing person report for Kaysera, that uh, Montana does not have a waiting period and that anyone under 21 is considered a, ch a child case and should have been listed as a priority. And that she has no idea why there was nothing done. Oh, I can tell you why. Mm -hmm. I'll tell racist you Racist assholes, that's what. The funeral oh. home director told Kaysera's family that he didn't have a cause of death yet, but they should plan on it being uh, that it was alcohol and drug related. Oh, they he should plan on it. They should plan oh, on it. Convenient. That's what he told. They should because plan on it. That this was exposure, that she died of exposure due to at the end of drug August. or alcohol involvement. At the end of August, of course. In someone's yard where mm -hmm. people live. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Sure. Man, people sure die of exposure a lot in Montana in the middle of summer. Right. What in the... Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm about to say some water. very dirty words on mm -hmm. YouTube, and they don't like that. Mm -hmm. That just... What the hell? Why is this yeah. guy not being investigated? Like, totally. what is his role here? Mm -hmm. It's horrifying. There's something very wrong, right? Yeah. So, there. she has had... A, she has a bit of a history. She actually, uh, at school once the year before passed out and was taken to the emergency room and was suffering from alcohol poisoning. So she had a little history and she had had a history of running away. And so like one time, I think, but anyway, and so this is what law enforcement knows of her. And so, and she's native American and this is where they're going. Right. They just don't give a shit mm -mm. about no. an 18 year old kid. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, Come on. it gets worse. Of course it does. A few days before she died, she published on social media a video of some police officers beating the crap out of a Native American kid in a wheelchair at, a, oh. at the Crow Fair. Well, guess who the first officer on the scene was? Oh, boy. One of those guys. Mm -hmm. And those officers were actually uh, investigated and given a warning or a, you know, a, don't do that again. Uh, you know, if nothing that. is what, well, that kid in the wheelchair was her brother. Okay. So she literally had just busted these guys and posted a video of them beating her brother in a wheelchair. And then that officer is the first officer on the scene. When her body is found. But what about the night that the fight happens? What officer, because they call the police, the neighbors do. Yeah, what there officer be any, any reason why or what that's about. So. Who that cop was. Yep. That's a big question is who. The cops that killed officer? her? Is that what this is? Sure oh makes you wonder, God. right? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that officer immediately recuses himself from the case. Like, well, not immediately, like a few, 
a few weeks later after her body is found and identified, he recuses himself. After it's way too late and whatever evidence was there is long gone. Seems convenient. They do not. The Bighorn uh, Sheriff's Department, they don't actually start any kind of meaningful investigation for more than a month after she has died. And even then, they really don't ever do any kind of meaningful investigation. They never sat down with her family and interviewed them about her. Never asked them any questions. But here's hell? one of the things that her family is so pissed off about. Her cell phone was in her pocket. And the neighbor who was jogging, who found her body, told mm -hmm. the family that because he was watching them retrieve her body. And they pulled her cell phone out of her pocket and bagged it. And he said, why don't you open her cell phone and see if you can identify her family? And they said, we can't. It's dead. They never even charged her phone or tried to locate her family. Nothing. The family demanded the cell phone back and they acted very surprised to know that they knew that they had her cell phone. And they actually were able to file made, a form and get it back from them. They've made no attempt, no attempt at all. to find her family, to figure out who she was via her phone. They could have solved the mystery of who she, who she was the day they found her had they just opened her cell phone. But they didn't do that. They couldn't be bothered to do that. Yeah. So as you can imagine, it's just been more of the same. Her family has been tirelessly working to get some answers. The cause of death came back as unknown and it said asphyxiation couldn't be ruled out. Yep. That's asphyxiation couldn't be ruled out. Yep. That's the whole cause of death. So she died of asphyxiation. If it can't be ruled out, then it's ruled in. Right. Like uh, also the, her blood alcohol wasn't very high. And so that, and there were absolutely no drugs in her system. And they gave the family something about that. They were sending her uh, toxicology off for a deeper look to see if they could figure out exactly what it was. Cause she's just one of those uh, drug addict Indians. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You may have noted if you're watching the video mm -hmm. that I have posted the phone number for the Bighorn police mm -hmm. in Hardin, Montana. Her name is Kaysera pretty Stops pretty places. We'll put this also in the show description. Feel free, mm -hmm. internet, to work your magic. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is horse shit. It is terrible. Terrible. So for the past two years, her family has done everything they can think of to get justice, to get some kind of, you know, something from law enforcement. They have kicked the ball back and forth between the Bureau of Indian Affairs says they can't get involved because they don't have any proof that she died on the reservation because she was actually in Hardin when her body was found. They mm -hmm. do say that law enforcement says that they believe her body is where she died. That does not make any sense at all. Uh, no. Is, so no one noticed it for five days while it was sitting there against a chain In someone's fence. backyard. Yeah. In someone's backyard. Yeah, that sounds legit, right? Mm -hmm. And it was up against the side of a chain link fence. But wow. many cars go by every single day. It, that makes no sense. None of that makes any sense. 
No. But that's what they're trying to claim that uh, she just, they don't know how she got there, but, uh, you know, they don't care to know, obviously. No. So here's why we're boosting the signal of this case, because the family has quite a few calls to action right now. And we thought this would be a good time to revisit this one for that reason. So what you can do that it would be very helpful. There's a link in the comment or in the uh, description of this show from Pipe Stem Law. But if you're not, uh, you know, in a place where you can see that, just go to pipestemlaw.com and go to News and Upstates and search for Sarah's case. There is a huge timeline. I've given you guys a sampling of it. There's mm -hmm. so much more. There's mm -hmm. a huge timeline. There is a ton of stuff going on here. And they have pre-written letters here that you can use as form letters to send to various uh, government entities that need to be prodded along here. Definitely. I've added on the screen the Montana um, Attorney General's office phone number and email address. Mm -hmm. As well as the hardened as the the Bighorn Police, because the Bighorn Police are not doing shit. So maybe what we need to do is go over their heads. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can. There is a petition there from Change.org that you can sign to try to force some justice. So go over there. You know, follow the link in our show description, or go. You know, find it at pipestemlaw.com mm -hmm. and. Get involved, you guys. If you ever wanted to make some noise, this would be it. So they have ways to send letters to Montana Governor uh, Gianna Forte, mm. Senator Tester, Senator Danes, the Montana U.S. Attorney's Office, mm -hmm. all of it. Yes. That they have form letters and ways to contact them there. And they have a way to contact the FBI with a draft letter for them as well. So do those things. Please join us. We're going Please. to do that as well. Absolutely. Join us. This is not just for Sarah and it's not just for her family. It is for all of MIWs that are have received this very same bullshit treatment. This well, is yeah. new. How many? This is normal. How many yeah. of these stories have we told that have happened in Montana? Oh my gosh. Just and not way just Montana. I still can't get over the Fort Hall. The woman in Fort Hall, Idaho. Rebecca Plenty Wounds. Yep. Who was dismembered and her case, they couldn't even call it a murder. Yeah. Yes. Still it's nothing. on all over the place. Yeah. Still nothing on that case. So there won't ever be any movement in it, apparently. I don't know. Maybe we need a call to action like this. Well, I will I, say Sarah's family have been rock stars. Absolute rock stars. They have hmm. been so loud. There have been multiple protests at the courthouse. Uh, there has been, there was just a, a 5K, I believe, a marathon thing that they did like over the weekend. They're still earning money. They are still making noise. They're still publishing. You could go to a gas station and purchase a t-shirt and then be a part of the run in, uh, yeah, in honor of her. And I'm going to Montana that. like this next weekend. And I'm hoping to go through that to, Go to that gas station and buy that T-shirt. I'm hoping I can. I'm going to go try. Yeah. So is it in Harden? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see if we can find that. Right. We'll be there next weekend. So hopefully we can go buy that T-shirt at least and help be a part of the cause that way as well. But mm -hmm. anyway, they have worked so hard 
And of course, it's not just for justice for Kaysera, it's for all of these women and and all of these individuals, actually, because there's so many missing and murdered Indigenous men, too. We just have chosen to mostly cover the female cases because they're just near and dear to our hearts, you know. But at any rate... Because there are so many. Yeah, and there are so many. Yeah. So let it be a call to action. Also, their Facebook page is awesome. And it is Justice for Kaysera. And I highly recommend that you go follow that as well. Because they are constantly, I mean, it's very active. They're posting on it daily. There's constant uh, work being done. Well, they need all the support that they can get. Yeah. And so everybody listening, watching, go to Pipestem Law, go to Justice for Sarah on Facebook, go somewhere and help jump in. You know, we need to show a huge amount of support. Mm-hmm. for these cases and yeah. for these families. We need the government to understand mm-hmm. that it's not just their families that are pissed about this. Mm-hmm. There's way more than that, you know, yeah. and it should be enough that it is their families, but it isn't. Yeah. yeah. And but, but, no, we're not going to have it. We're not having this. We need we to bury care. them under those letters. You know, mm-hmm. they need to get so many of them. They can never even read them all. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because seriously, the family has made a lot of noise and they have been ignored. Mm-hmm. They are told one thing by one entity and then punch it over to another who tells them something else. Uh, they have been jerked around until I don't know how they haven't just lost their minds. Honestly, like it's, it's unreal. And again, I didn't read the whole timeline to you guys today because frankly, it would take an inordinately long time. Not that it's not worth it, but I'm going to let you do that over at yeah. Pipestem so that you can, uh, yeah, dive into this case. It is something. It's it's time for us to raise some hell, I think. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's already been happening on small on a small scale, but we need to we need it to happen on a much bigger scale. Yes. Yep. Big call to action here. Also, if you want to see a video of the house that she disappeared from and the place that she was found, there is a YouTube video that I believe her friend or her aunt made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Justice for K Sarah on YouTube. They just have one video and it's like 10 minutes long. And it is of that very neighborhood, the house she was at, the house where she was found, kind of puts it all in perspective for you to look at and go, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now everything is fishy because how could that possibly be the case? How could she possibly lay dead in that yard for five days with cars, joggers, people, people living in that house and nobody know? There's just no... To me, no plausible way that she wasn't either, somewhere you else. know, yeah, somewhere else and dropped there or covered a whole lot better. Uh, something, uh, nothing, nothing makes sense. No. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. This makes me so angry. I just can't, the, the inability to identify to identify people as humans mm-hmm. and give them the respect and care and justice that they deserve yeah. is truly beyond me. Yep. Yep. Very, very hard to understand. Yep. Really All righty. Well, there you have it. So, <clears throat> pardon me, this is our Tuesday case. So, We do want you to know that we have a brand new thing going on around here. The second Tuesday of the month, 
which happens to be today, we have our cold read party. And that's going to happen tonight at 7. You have to be a member. So all you do is just go to YouTube, right on our page there for True Crime Paranormal. There's a spot for memberships or to join. Click on that. It says join. Join, and you can join. Now, if you're a member of Spirit School, you're already in. Just come. Mm -hmm. If you're not, just join. It's five bucks a month, and you can come to the cold read party. Everybody who attends the cold read party gets to bring us a case. So bring us a case. Bring us a little bit of info so that we can, uh, you know, make an informed reading on it, and we'll read the case for you. You guys Mm -hmm. send us so many cases that we just can't get to them all. So we thought this would be a really fun way to, you know, flex our psychic muscles and read more cases than what we can get to in a month. So, yeah, yeah. If you've got a near and dear that we haven't got to yet, this is your chance. Yeah. And you can listen to everybody else's readings, too, which is pretty fun. So, yeah, that's happening tonight. Tomorrow is, of course, our Wednesday show. And then Wednesday night case updates is going to be an hour later. It's going to be at 8 p.m. We are rolling on the train of, uh, you know, being uh, football ants. And (laughs) that means that we actually had moved uh, the psychic hour for the uh, fall. But guess what? His game got changed this week. (laughs) So we're we're riding the train. We're sorry, but uh, we know you guys can roll with us. So. Wednesday night, it will be 8 p.m. will be Kate's update. So it will be our live stream. So yes. come and join us then. So you guys have a good day. Thanks for being here. Please, please, please help us get active on this case. Let's make yes. some noise. Let's uh, make sure that, uh, you know, the world knows that we're not putting up with this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Not happening anymore. Yep. No. All righty. Well, you have been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys.